Aloha, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Unshackled Liberty. This is Q, the abolitionist. What's up? It's Crypto Gumbo. And we got, who we got? Is that Slappy Jones? That's Slappy Jones. What's up, guys? So we're, we have we have Slappy on the show today. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about this, obviously, as the, as the episode gets started. But I got a jury summons, and I wanted to bring Slappy on to tell his story about his time when he was on a jury. And, uh, and we had a great conversation about that. And I think that, that I think that'll be educational for a lot of people. Hopefully you enjoy it. Also, Gumbo showed again, basically, uh, that he doesn't have to be here and we can have a perfectly mm-hmm. good episode. So Gum- Gumbo, I'm sorry, that was kind of cold-blooded, but Gumbo's yeah, computer decided to drop out on us uh, about a minute or two into the episode and he came on in the last 20 minutes and we actually uh, we had a good show. So, I promise that's not ahead. That's that, okay. So what do you guys got going on in your life today that you want to talk about other than, other than the topic? Anything? I would just like to say that if you happen to suffer from monkeypox, <laughs> our wonderful elite controllers, powers that be, already have a vaccine prepared for us. <laughs> so just going to throw that out there. Do they already have a vaccine prepared for monkeypox? That's what the mainstream is, media is. This is this a new, is this a, this, so yeah. monkeypox, what is that? Did you see the pictures of the like monkeypox? No, it's, 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 like, it's like, obviously not chickenpox. What is, what are monkeypox? I haven't seen any pictures of it. Looks pretty. It looks worse than COVID. Well, COVID is just a flu, just yeah. a cold. This yeah. is like, I mean, I don't know if the pictures I saw were real or not, but pretty big boils on this guy's hands. Pretty nasty looking. When, when I heard of, see, that's called the second degree burn. That guy was in the sun too long. Um, yeah, no, I don't know. But well, uh, I mean, clearly, chickenpox comes from chickens, yeah. and monkeypox comes from monkeys. So right. that's obvious. Uh, duh, duh. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying, like. They already have vaccines for it, so stay away from. We're going to be safe. Yeah, your local monkey will be okay. You just get your vaccine. <laughs> so, did anybody else? I'm sure you guys did. When when you heard about these monkeypox, did you guys go, "Oh, here we go again"? Absolutely. Okay. All right. I'm not. I just want to make sure I'm not alone. I'm not alone. So, yeah, all right, fellas. So we're gonna up. we're gonna we're gonna get going here. We're gonna start talking about jury nullification here in a bit so without it without further delay here's slappy Hey everybody, we got Slappy Jones with us. Slappy, how you doing, buddy? Doing well. How you guys doing? Doing very well, very well. So, uh, the reason why we're we asked you to come on our show is you're a juror, or you were one once. You was one once. So, um, kind of a little a little background for the listeners. About well, a few weeks ago, anyway, a few weeks ago, I got a letter in the mail from San Diego County. 
the Superior Court of San Diego County, uh, it was a, a jury summons. So I've been summoned for summoned to jury duty tomorrow. So as we record this, is currently May 19th. Uh, May 20th is, um, oh, dude, looks like Gumbo dropped out. We'll get him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, sorry, May, May 20th, tomorrow is when I'm supposed to report for jury duty. So on Twitter, I, a few weeks ago, I went out and I said, hey, you know, I just got this jury summons. Does anybody know anybody who wants to talk about jury nullification? And uh, that's how I got your information. Now, I mean, I followed you on Twitter for a while. I've listened to your show a few times. I kind of like what you guys do. You and you and Rollo, I like it. Um, so I reached out to you and I said, hey, did you want to come on on Shackled Liberty and talk about your experience as a juror? And then maybe we can get into a little bit of jury nullification stuff. So that's why you're here. Yeah, awesome. So I just want to complain a little bit about okay. about jury stuff now they'll tell you um that this is a very important civic duty right <laughs> it's a civic duty now i feel like this goes in my mind this goes down it comes down to that uh that ever ever that ever fun and exciting conversation about a social contract right does one exist what is a social contract and i tend to i tend to lean on the side of well just me I don't think, you know, I don't like the idea of a social contract. I don't like a contract that I'm necessarily forced to, uh, in, you know, abide by if I didn't agree to ahead of time, you know, I'm so what are you. your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that? Same thing? Totally with yeah. you. Yeah. If, yeah. I, if I wanted to describe myself, I, you know, I'd be a, a um, Christian. Yeah. Libertarian anarchist. Yeah. Kind of in the, uh, in the Rothbard. Uh, yeah. Vein of things. And so, you know, um, no, I don't believe in the social contract. I don't believe yeah. we're uh, obliged by um, our birth to live by the rules of the geographical area we were born into. Um, so, I got, so I got a letter in the mail that said, screw you, buddy. You got to come to court. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. So <laughs> I guess you can do what you want with it. You can ignore it and see if they come with their guns and get you. They wouldn't do that. They'd probably just keep summoning you. Yeah. Because um, that's so... <sighs> Some of my background as a juror, I've had jury duty five times. I'm the lucky, lucky guy. I get picked up. I don't, I've only been on a jury once, but I've had jury duty five times. Um, so I've been through the county system and the, uh, the federal system. That, that was what the trial I was picked for was a federal criminal case. How'd that go? Uh, it was. <laughs> so looking back on it, it was, I'm, I'm happy I did it. Uh, at the time, it was terrifying for me, um, just being in the courtroom, being like an anarchist and, you know, it was so four years ago. Can I stop you there? I want to, yeah. let's talk about that. So me, I think you and I probably align ourselves very similarly. Um, I've stopped personally using the term anarchist because of the, and just recently, man, like, like, not like, like, not, it's not been years. It's been a few months just because of the connotation that that word brings out. I, I use voluntarist because everybody likes to volunteer, you know, yeah, um, I like that. you know what I mean? But it's kind of, it's, it's the same thing, dude, for the most, I mean, maybe, maybe we get into a little bit differences here and there on what, what those words actually mean, but it's just a lot easier for people to stomach. So being on a jury, being an anarchist, did you, was, did you feel um, obligated or did you feel like you needed to let people know your, your philosophical position on things or how did that work out? Um, no. So my approach to it, and um, what I did, uh, man, I'm trying to think of where to start with this. So my approach to jury duty was, 
if I get picked, I have a goal. And my goal, you know, assuming that you don't know what the crime is going to be, you don't know what the charges are going to be. Um, but if it's a drug case, I'm against the war on drugs. I think it's immoral. I think, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I, I'm assuming we're similar in that, in that yeah, uh, no, regard. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, I want people to be able to, um, you know, shoot heroin between their toes if they want to. But, yeah, I, I, but, I, but I also don't think it's a good idea. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah same. I mean, like, it's the best treatment for a drug problem to throw someone in a cage. I mean, I don't yeah. think that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, we could talk about all the effects of that. And, and just from just uh, uh, looking at the results of it, like, has it helped? <laughs> like, are drugs yeah. going away? No, of I course agree. not. Yeah. Um, so going my approach going into jury duty was if I get selected and, and this was my fifth time going to jury duty, my first four times I didn't get selected. So I wasn't really thinking I was going to get on the jury. Um, I thought it was a long shot and there was about 300 people in the room when, uh, when I got called. Uh, so I didn't think I'd be on the jury, but I ended up being on the jury, but my approach was, okay, my goal, if I get picked and it's a drug case is to acquit. And so how do I do that? Right. And getting thrown off the jury isn't going to help anyone get acquitted for a drug crime. Um, And so that was kind of the way I did it. So I went into jury duty. I was wearing kind of business casual button shirt and khakis and, you know, decent shoes, had a had a fresh haircut and just kind of kept to myself and looked bored. I didn't really talk. It wasn't like overly eager. I was just there. I was there against my will. I didn't want to be there, but I was there. And uh, you were just playing. Kinda, you were playing the gray man, just kind of yeah, just kind of being there. Yeah. Um, and that was probably honest. Like I didn't want to be there, uh, especially because I thought I wasn't going to get picked. And it's like I live north of the city, Eastern District of Pennsylvania courthouse is in Center City. It takes me if I beat morning traffic, it takes me forty minutes to get there. If I hit traffic, it's like an hour. You know, I, I didn't want to be there, and so I wasn't lying in that regard um but uh but yeah so that was like like as on my drive down to to jury duty that was what was going through my head like what's the best way if i get on this jury to acquit it wasn't uh i was trying not to make it about me i wasn't going to wear my uh taxation is theft shirt and uh you know talk to everyone about how you need to nullify no jury notifications is the way to do you know that's one way to guarantee you're not going to be on a jury. So if you don't yeah. want jury duty, you know, go in and do that. But I do think that jury duty is a, is a huge opportunity to make a real positive difference in someone's life. And you don't always get that opportunity, especially when it's with, with this kind of magnitude. I mean, you could be looking at someone facing a long time in prison and they, have a, they may have a family, they may have kids, um, they may, you know, that may have some things going for them. And even if they have nothing going for them, uh, probably beats living in a cage yeah Um, that's a good way of looking at it so many like my first instinct was to be like you know as i'm looking at this summons going dude i'm not i'm not going to this i don't want anything to do with this you know i mean you you obviously mailed it to me so you know where to find me so come find me (laughs) you know but uh but then that right that you know i had the nagging thing going jury nullification jury nullification an opportunity to acquit an opportunity to be part of somebody a bet you know a you know an opportunity to be a positive influence in somebody's life um i don't think a lot of people go all the way there when they get this they're like what do i got to do to get out of it yeah and that's you know? that's the attitude i think most people have um 
and this is going to sound really corny and it's going to sound like all the things they're going to just throw at you when you're in there. But there's very few times that uh, a regular guy can really stand up to mm. the, the authority. And uh, jury nullification is one of those ways. And we don't get that opportunity. Like, good luck arguing with a cop. And it's not going to happen. Um, but they do treat jurors pretty well because they want people to be on juries. They need jurors. So they treat you well while you're, while you're there. And uh, uh, yeah, where, where was I going to go with that? I just uh, lost, lost my line of thinking. So you can't argue with a cop, but you can be treated well. Yeah, yeah, sure. So a, regu a regular guy can 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 stick it to the man a little bit. Yeah. yeah. And as few as one juror on a jury can get a hung jury. Like you, you don't have to come to a unanimous agreement. You can have a hung jury. That's OK. And what that does is waste the government's money, um, which, you know, you could argue it's your money. But I was in federal court. They print money anyway. So they're not using our tax dollars. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> but it wastes their time and it hurts their pride. And even if they, even if you just get a mistrial, you don't get an acquittal, but you get a mistrial, you make them do it again. You make them waste their time. They just spent all this time preparing. Um, and you give the, uh, the defendant a chance. It might not be a big chance, but it's a chance to be acquitted. Yeah. Um, which yeah. maybe improve, maybe improve his defense a little bit or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. And so I, I think anyone who is a defendant would say an, a hung jury is better than a conviction. Um, so you have that ability as one juror. Now, typically, uh, if you look at the definition of jury nullification, I'm guessing it would say something like all 12 jurors agree that the guy is guilty, but they're going to acquit anyway. Yeah. Um, I think that's really rare, but it has happened. It happened in the civil rights movement. It happened with, um, with the Fugitive Slave Act, where you would have, uh, people helping slaves escape and that happened they, yeah they, that happened in the north a lot from what the little bit of research i did before this is is because of that fugitive slave act say fugitive slave act your your northern states would would uh the jurors would would routinely actually go, go this route with jury nullification yeah sure the law was broken but it's an immoral law, so yeah. who cares? We're not going to throw this guy We're in not, jail. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and in that scenario, probably all twelve jurors voted not guilty. Um, you know, and that. So I think that's the typical kind of what jury nullification is. Yeah, <laughs> but it can go. Um, it can go down to one juror, one out of twelve, having the ability to to save the defendant from a conviction. Yeah, and so that's another thing I was thinking of. Like, of course. This trial that I was on was long. It was 12 weeks. Um, and we ended up deliberating for about a week, which was very awkward and very uh, contentious. To, we should, I guess, is the way to describe it. Deliberations were not fun at all in this trial. Did you get an argument? Were you, were you yelling at each other? I have this vision of a, of a jury deliberation where you're like in the face of each other. I'm not gonna. You're gonna. You better. None of that. It, it got, there were times it got loud. Now I'm not allowed. I'm not a kind of yell in your face kind of guy, but I'm just kind of stubborn. And um, some people, one guy picked a chair up and was going to not throw it at me, but throw it in the, you know, he was sitting next to me, was getting frustrated at my stubbornness, picked up his chair to turn and throw it. And he, he didn't throw it, but he kind of like made the motion to throw it in the corner and put it down and everyone had to calm him down. You know, it was kind of uh, interesting to say the least. And 
But anyway, like I was saying, I'm going into this trial and trying to follow the judge's instruction as best I can because I don't want to get thrown off the jury, right? Yeah. So I don't talk about my uh, political opinions. I tried to be as regular as possible. I talked about my kids, uh, young kids, and, uh, you know, the, the TV shows they watch and, you know, showing pictures of my daughter, you know, whatever, just trying to be like a normal guy, talking about yeah. work, talking about kids, didn't bring up politics, didn't bring up anything on the trial. I didn't let my opinion be known at all the entire trial. Um, other jurors did. Other jurors were talking about it. And so as the trial progressed, I kind of knew I was up against it. Uh, pretty much anyone who said anything, it was about them being guilty. I knew the alternate jurors were all very strongly. <laughs> These guys are guilty. So if I get thrown off, I get replaced by an alternate and that's going to be a guilty vote. No doubt about it. Yeah. So you got to think of these things when you're, if you get picked, mm. um, you know, if, if there was kind of a feeling that most people were not guilty or thinking not guilty, then maybe we could convince the few others. Um, and they just kind of go along or then you could talk about nullification. But when you're in the minority, when you're only uh, maybe one of you or two, um, yeah. it's tough because now you got to convince 10 people or you just got to be stubborn and get a mistrial. Um, so in, in my particular case, there was almost every other juror was pretty sure these guys were guilty. And they're not like, I don't know how to say this without sounding conceited or something but like most people aren't like deep thinkers they weren't no, like that, through the that's wall. exactly where i'm at with this too is i go i know i'm going to be in a room and it's not like you said i don't want to sound arrogant or anything but i'll be in a room largely probably if i do get selected i'm going to be on there with 11 11 mouth breathers and, and you know maybe not that's terrible to say but like you're right they're gonna have these they, they have not gone through the exercise of unlearning right right they haven't they haven't realize that maybe some of the stuff or a lot of the stuff they've known in their life has been incorrect and have taken active measures or active steps to try and unlearn and correct what they know. Right. You know, whether it be philosophically or whatever. Right. So they're just going to be in the room and they're going to be force fed information and they're going to be, they're already used to being force fed and accepting that force fed information, you know? Yeah. And if, if you get selected, just, um, with your worldview, you'll see things that the prosecution does, you know, mm -hmm. like the prosecution goes first. So they get to put, they get to make their, I mean, it's their first, they have first lie proof. wins, man. The first lie wins. And, you know? Yeah. And they have the yeah. burden of proof. So, you know, it kind of makes sense. It's like, they're going to present, if you're, if you want to look at it, uh, pretend there's no corruption or anything going wrong and let's look at it from like the legal standpoint, right. I'm bringing a case against you. I'm going to have to show you some evidence and prove it. And then you can defend yourself against those charges. So that's why they do it in that order. But the prosecution gets up there. And, and in my, my case, it was a federal conspiracy. There was seven defendants. They were all being tried separately, but together. Okay. Um, so what that means is uh, we had to find seven. There's actually other charges, lesser charges too. But uh, basically all of them were individually on trial. But to save time, they're putting them all in the courtroom together. It's a lot of the same witnesses. Uh, it was a conspiracy charge. So the charge wasn't possession. The charge wasn't distribution. Well, it was conspiracy to distribute. It wasn't using the drugs. So they had evidence, wiretaps of these guys talking about it, selling it, whatever. But the, the specific charge was a conspiracy. And that means something. 
And it's all spelled out in the jury instructions, which most jurors just ignored. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, these guys are bad guys. They're doing drugs. I made better choices with my life. They're guilty. And that was kind of the extent of the discussion. Uh, <laughs> so when you which, get that. Which isn't that, is that, that's a cold commentary for our society, right? Like, mm-hmm. because I've made better choices in my life, this guy deserves to be screwed. Yeah. You know, like, that's not, I don't know, man. I don't think they even think of what it means to, 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 to convict somebody. Yeah. Um, and we were looking at, which they didn't talk about this in this trial. You're not supposed to use the um, sentencing to influence your decision. You're, what the judge says is you, you are supposed to um, apply the facts to the law and keep your personal opinions out of it. And she said that repeatedly. Um, but if you look at what the, well, she, <laughs> everything in a courtroom, everything they say, every word that is uttered has been looked over about a million times. Every yeah. word, listen very carefully to what they're saying. Like I, I started, um, I'll kind of go back to that thought I had originally where I was saying with your worldview, when you're in the courtroom and you see the prosecution, you'll see what they're doing. And in my case, the first part of the trial, like for three straight days, was talking about the drugs and how dangerous the drugs are. No evidence of a conspiracy. They didn't even try to present evidence of a conspiracy. They were just saying these drugs are really bad and harmful. They didn't present any evidence of violence. They didn't present any evidence of any thefts, any, you know, shaking someone down. It was just these drugs are bad. And here's why. And they were once used as horse tranquilizers and like in 19, you know, like all all this stuff that had nothing to do with the case, but they're going to put this in your head. Like this stuff is really bad. And they show pictures of the raid, the DEA raided. And uh, they're wearing those ET hazmat suits. They go in, pull this stuff out and they're like, see how dangerous it is. See how dangerous it is. And then they're sending their their confidential source. They call the CS the whole time into the building to get it with his bare hands and put it in his pocket and walk out. And if you have any thoughts, you're thinking like, all right, if this stuff is as dangerous as you're saying, why are you sending a CS in there to buy it and put it in his pocket and walk down Broad Street in Philadelphia? Like it doesn't make sense. So either this substance is so dangerous that it can't be out on the streets or maybe you're lying and trying to, to maybe scare. This is all an act. Maybe, yeah. maybe all of this is designed, is specifically designed to elicit a response from the jury. Exactly. You know? And uh, and that's what happened. And it worked well. It worked very well because, you know, the jurors, they'd break, we'd break for lunch. We could go to, you know, whatever was around town or, or there was a cafeteria in the courtroom we could eat at. So we'd be eating lunch together and I'd hear the talking. Like I said, I didn't mention a word. I didn't say anything because I knew if I did, there was a chance one of these guys would, Rat me to the judge and uh, I'd be kicked off. But I heard a lot of people. That's saying, a lot of discipline, dude. That's, I mean, you have a lot of discipline to be able to keep your mouth shut because it was hard at times. I think I would probably. I had well, to keep we'll, the goal. We'll, in mind. we'll see, I guess maybe, but like, I feel like I would, yeah, you're right. You got to keep the goal in mind because what? I'm just a big mouth, man. You know, <laughs> I, I'll just, you know, yeah. What I would tell what I was telling myself at the time is like, this is not about me. Dude. I don't have to go in there and tell everybody how bad this system is and how bad these people are. Where I am in this spot right now, I have an opportunity to do something and I have to do it. I have to. Like, <laughs> it's almost like I set myself, I, you know, you want to cave. I'll be honest. Like, I want it to cave. I want it to just say, fine, they're guilty. Let's go home. 
It was 12 weeks. It was a long time. And you're like sitting in this room, no windows, no cell phone. There's no distractions. It's like you guys there deliberate and you just want to give up. Um, It's really, really awkward to show Mm. up to work. You know, we'll call it work. And you know, the other guys in there are just going to be angry at you all day. And you're going to be there all day until the judge says you can go home. And it, it would be really easy to just say guilty or go on a rant about how the system's terrible and the, the war on drugs is terrible. And I don't care if they're guilty. We need to acquit because this is bad. And then you get thrown off the jury and you wasted those 12 weeks and uh, you didn't change anyone's mind in there. And uh, these guys are now going to go to jail. So when I, I would keep telling myself this and be like, just keep your mouth shut, just keep going. Because you know, you know how these libertarians are. We got to tell everyone. We got to talk. We got to. Yeah. We, we got to get these crazy opinions out there to the public all, at all times. And we annoy everyone with them. So it was, it was challenging. Um, but I had to tell myself every day. It was like, that, what, what do they call that? There's like affirmations. I'm like, there's a bigger goal in mind here. Don't just bite your tongue, bite your tongue. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so if I can, when you go in there, you're, if I can talk about the jury selection. Yeah, do it. Point. I said before that every word is looked at a million times. So do not look into anything. Listen carefully and listen literally. So when you go to voir dire and the judge or, you know, whoever the deputy or whoever's asking the questions, the attorneys, um, they're going to say things like, can you in, can you, you know, I, I don't have a, I don't have the, the exact wording in, in front of me, but it's like, can you put your personal opinions aside and believe the testimony of a police officer? You know, the answer is yes, I can do that. Because yes, I can do that. You don't have to elaborate. You don't have to say, yes, I can, but I don't, but I do have a, you know. (laughs) But ACAB, man. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like you just say, yes, I can. Yes, period, end of sentence, no elaboration. The attorney is going to be silent and try to draw you to keep talking and you just answer what is asked literally and don't have an attitude, you know, but you don't have to go into everything. You don't have to explain everything. You don't have to say, you know, they're not, they're not supposed to ask certain things, but they'll try to get you to say certain things. So they want your opinion on guns. They can ask you what your opinion on guns is, but they can say, are you a member of the NRA? Now I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not a member of the NRA. Yeah, me either. Yeah. Um, they're, they're too liberal for me. Yeah. But, um, but that was one of the questions they asked in Vordier. Are you a member of the NRA? So my answer is no, period. It's not no, but I do like guns and uh, I do own, you know, like nothing. It's just, no, I'm not mm-hmm. period. End of sentence. Don't elaborate. Um, so listen very carefully and listen to the judge's instruction. If you do get picked, that's the thing that I thought was funny is the judge would say, you must apply the facts to the law. You cannot have your personal opinion of the law influence your decision, but your decision is yours and yours alone. You never have to explain it to anyone. It is your responsibility to judge the credibility of each witness and you can weigh their credibility and you can weigh the evidence however you want. And it's kind of like a sneaky way because they can't say jury nullification is illegal. It's well established in this country um, it, it goes back to English common law. William Penn, the founder of Pennsylvania, was arrested and was um, 
his jury nullified that case. The jurors got arrested and then that, that mayor eventually like got thrown in prison or something. But so we've had a long tradition of jury nullification of, of having your peers, supposedly your peers. It's not these days, yeah, yeah. but originally it was supposed to be like your neighbors. Like if all your neighbors say, yeah, you should go to jail. You're probably not a good guy. Right. <laughs> but if yeah. your neighbors are like, nah, you know, there's a misunderstanding, whatever. Like we know he broke the law, but we're going to, we're going to quit them anyway. Uh, it was probably more common back then than it is now. I mean, we were not a jury of the defendant's peers at all, uh, not even remotely close. The people in that deliberations didn't understand what the defendants were even saying. Like, I don't know how you can, how you can convict when you don't even understand the slang, uh, you know, anything of what these guys are saying. Um, so we were not a jury of peers. And I, I, it's probably rare that you do have a jury of your peers, mm. but uh, listen carefully to the wording because they will always give an out for you. And they will tell you, you never have to explain your decision to anybody, including the judge. Uh, you don't have to explain it to the media. You don't have to explain it to anybody. Your decision is yours and yours alone. And so, you know, if you're thinking about what the judge is saying, you know, everyone else here is you must apply the facts to the law. And that's what they all talked about. No, the facts to the law. I'm like, and I just be like, I just, I didn't think his testimony was good. I didn't believe it. I think he's a liar. What are you going to tell me? I don't think he's a liar. I thought he was a liar. I don't, I'm throwing away his testimony. I'm not considering it at all. And uh, that was kind of the way I would. Um, I can see why that would just get these people that are so ready to go. Ready. Oh, uh, They were fired up and it got uh, bad as it went on. Like. Uh, I imagine you said you deliberated for a week. I imagine at some point they're like, dude, just get. Just we gotta all go home, man. Just say they guilty. Furious. They were yeah. furious. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't by myself. I had two people with me. Oh, um, that's, that's good. Which was huge. That's good. You could lean huge on them. Huge that they yeah. were with me because without them, it's just like it's tough. <laughs> it was tough with them. And uh, one of them was female. She got upset at one point. There was some tears in the deliberations, and there was really only two guys in that in the deliberations who were like absolutely guilty no doubt about it. Most were kind of in the middle and would go back and forth. Um, but, uh, but like at one point I heard, I heard one of the jurors, she said this to me. Um, she said, I just, my problem is I believe everything the government says. It's like, okay. That is, that is, a, pro that is a problem. Yeah. That's kind of a problem <laughs> when you're supposed to be an impartial juror. Now I wasn't an impartial juror, so I'm not criticizing you, but you're not on my side. So, you know, I, I thought about it, like, should I rat her to the judge and say this, but that gives me up. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, what I found out after, because I talked to some of the attorneys on the case, I talked to the guys we acquitted. Um, and I talked to some of the other jurors afterwards, the jurors who were on my side, but and anyway, I found out like throughout the entire trial, the prosecution was trying to get some of the jurors off the panel and none of us got kicked off. And I don't really know what their reasoning was, but I know one of them was one of the guys who was, who was on my side. Um, but they're trying the, throughout the entire trial to get the jurors that they think are going to, cause they're, they're studying the jury box. They're looking at the jury box. They're looking at what your reaction is. They're looking if you're falling asleep, if you're nodding, if you're taking notes, if you're not, and if they think you're going to rule against them, they're going to try to get you off. Like th this, uh, this courthouse is not to find justice. It's to win. You know, yeah. the prosecution wants to win. The defense wants to win. That's the biggest myth of our, of our criminal justice system is that, is that it's not justice. It's not about that. It's, yes. It's about, you know, and, and I think, I hope, I don't know how many people really saw that with the Rittenhouse thing. 
Um, one of the benefits of having that, having that thing so widely pop widely, uh, you know, produced widely seen, you know, with all the different outlets and, uh, people watching it and everything else is you got to see firsthand that the state was trying to put a 17 year old kid in prison forever. Think about that. Yeah. yeah. The state was the, your government, not mine, not yours, but I mean, the you know, yeah. the, 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 the Wisconsin, right. Was trying to put a 17 year old kid in prison forever they woke up every day they went yeah. to work and every day their they goal sh- and they, and they sharpen their knives every day trying mm-hmm. to kill this kid trying to kill him trying to, trying to put him over. yeah yeah and uh i mean you know you we can go on and on about that case about i mean the practicality of putting a you know mom driving a 17 year old kid to wherever i mean that's i have a 17 year old kid and if if i found out that she was in the middle of a riot at all uh, we would, there'd be a problem we would have, but that's because I'm a dad and that's where it would go. But once he's there, I mean, I don't know. We'll go into that. Well, once he was that's in not that, what this yeah. is about. That's not yeah, yeah. Once, once he's, he's in that situation, once he's in I that mean, situation. He's got to defend himself. But what the hell is he doing in that situation? Excuse my language. You know? Yeah. 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 Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. That's, but that's a parenting thing. That's not a legal thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we, could, we could judge that all day. Yeah. 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 But once he's there, once it happened, and then yeah. what the what the prosecution did was just egregious in that case. I mean. Yeah. yeah. And that's what the state does. That's what it does. That's what the government does. That's what the prosecutors are are paid to do. They represent the government against you, the individual. And- What's funny, well, not funny at all, but like that was a high profile case. That a lot of yeah. people were watching the case I was on. Nobody heard about it. It yeah. made the news when they did the bust because they got to like bust down the doors and, and go in with the hazmat suits. And they but had all the pictures and it was all yeah. you know, a oh, big drug ring. Busted. Big publicity. Yeah. They're going to use it to increase their budget next year. Exactly. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the amount of money they spent on this case was obscene. Um they had surveillance on this house they set up pole cams like you know camera on a can outside the stash house um they had wiretaps they had a see a confidential source they use an airplane for surveillance why i don't know i guess because they have the money in the airplane we didn't there wasn't any good at it. it was just an airplane circling the house and they're like there's the house and the phone call was at this time and we see an individual walking in and like you couldn't tell who it was it was like pointless I can't imagine it's cheap to fly a plane around with a camera on a house. Um, but they, they did this investigation for nine months and they need a conviction because they have to justify spending that kind of money. And uh, the guys they were putting away were not drug kingpins. They were not, uh, you know, the dude from Scarface. They were guys living in North Philly. I mean, poor people, uh, which they self-described themselves as. I, I was friends with one of them for a while and he has since passed away. But the, uh, the other couple of guys we acquitted uh, had uh, met them for lunch, uh, sat and talked to them. Uh, I don't know what their past. I don't, I don't know all the details of their past. Did, I don't so know they, what I got in. So, so explain that. So usually, I mean, the way I understand it, maybe I'm wrong. The jury is supposed to kind of like remove themselves from personal contact uh, I guess yeah. I guess after the trial doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Afterwards, you do whatever. You so, want. did you reach out to them and be like, "Hey, man, I, I was in your well, corner the, the whole time," or what? Yeah, it was kind of. Um, so this case was on my. This is. I'm not trying to make this bigger than it is. It was a drug case. These happen every day throughout the country, all over the place. You know, these guys were facing 20 years. 
Uh, there were seven guys on trial. We had a hung jury on four of them, and we acquitted three of them. Um, three of them ended up pleading guilty, taking a lesser sentence than they would have gotten had they been convicted. And one of them, who represented himself, went back to trial and was convicted uh, on the second trial. Uh, this case becomes a big part of your life. I was there for 12 weeks, like all yeah. day, every day, listening to the testimony, um, then going into the deliberations for a week and fighting on behalf of these people. That's longer than boot camp, right? So like <laughs> you, you think about the impact that just some guy in the military boot camp has on him. Sorry, yeah. but that's just a frame of reference. So here you are. Yeah, doing that. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, yeah. No. So, you know, then you fight for these guys like hard. I mean, it, like I it's hard for me. I'm not very good with my words. I'm not, not a great writer, but it's hard for me to, to describe the feeling I felt going into deliberations, knowing it was a battle, like, a, you know, you're talking to a military guy, not, you know, but a, a, a mental battle um, when I go in there. Um, and uh, then it's over and it's like, you're done, go home, football. You know, I played football in college, whatever. After the game, you go shake hands, you talk to the other guys, you know, you can meet up. Um, but with the, with the trial, it's like, you're done, you're gone, you're dismissed, you never see any of these people again. And that was just always, it was constantly on my mind. So there was one, one juror I became friends with, um, we still stay in touch. Uh, we had some, some mutual interests. Uh, he was, we, we fought together. So we have that bond. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the, the defendants, uh, I kind of wanted to talk to them afterwards. Like, how'd you feel? What'd you think, man? How was it? Was it, was it like, if it was nerve wracking for me, it must've been insane for you. Like, I just wanted to yeah. talk to them. I wanted to talk to the attorneys. You, you're sitting in this room and you're not allowed to speak to anyone. Um, if you see them in the hallway, you're not allowed to talk to them. You're supposed to walk the other way. If we got there early, you're supposed to go to a different floor. Like you can't be seen. You can't see. Had, if, had I seen the defendants walking in, since they would have been in their jumpsuits and cuffs, um, I might have been removed from the jury because that puts a, uh, an image in your mind. So all these things you got to like think about. What So what did they wear during the trial? Were they wearing like their, their jumpsuits during the, during the trial? No, they, they had, it, it was. Slipknot pajamas. Yeah, no, it was pretty, they were Slipknot. wearing, um, it's kind of like. Uh, it was probably close that the attorney had in their office. Oh, hey, Gumbo's back. Sorry. Go hey, ahead. what's yeah. up? <laughs> Here I am again, ruining stuff. Sorry. <laughs> I have excuses. Don't worry. So they were wearing the clothes that the attorneys brought them, basically. Yeah, button-up shirt. Um, didn't always fit right. Looked like it just came out of package, some of them. Um, but it, you know, beats wearing a jumpsuit, I guess. So if you had, if they, if their attorneys. To- was this like were these uh, public defenders or or were these privately hired attorneys one might have been hired the other six i know were public defenders and if i had to give my opinion on the attorneys there there was seven attorneys even though one guy was defending himself mm. he had uh, they call it stand standby standby counsel i don't know so he could like whisper stuff to the guy yeah um, but he's not his representative i don't know the legal point of it so he's like a lawyer, a lawyer whisperer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he did it. Like, it's what they say. I mean, I think he ended up convicting himself. Um, Gumbo, you missed some of it. I did not convict him, but we, we were hung on on this guy. And so he tried it again and lost. Um, but he, he didn't. Got it, man. You know, you go into a courtroom and you don't know the rules. You're going to get beat up. And that's what Blistered, happened. They, yeah. they objected to everything he said and he started getting frustrated. And he doesn't know how to ask questions. But anyway, of the attorneys there, five of them were absolutely atrocious in my mind. I mean, just kind of showed up, 
almost looked like they were falling asleep, didn't care. And two of the attorneys were excellent. And that's why the one guy had the lead. Could you um, imagine you're on, you're on trial, you're defending yourself. Your, your life is on the line. Uh-huh. You know, whether, you know, with, yeah. And you've got this jabroni for a lawyer that just is not, doesn't take this seriously. It's like, buddy. Yeah. I'm going to jail, was. man. Like forever. If you don't step up. Now, they were fortunate that the two attorneys who kind of took the lead were very good. Um, yeah. They were, yeah, McMahon and Hetznecker were their names. Very good defense attorneys. Like, if you yeah. Google them, you'll see them on YouTube. Um, I know the one guy definitely took it as a public defender, and I think the one guy was hired, but I'm not positive. But he's a big – like, anyone who follows <laughs> follows the courts in, in Philadelphia knows these, defend, these defense attorneys. Okay. Wow. Um, so anyway, they did a great job, those two lead guys. And, and that's another thing to think about. So I was kind of talking about how my approach was, if I can get it to be nullified, let's do it. Otherwise, let's see how many people I can get on my side. And then let's listen carefully to the defense. The other thing you have to realize, and I was on, like I said, this was federal criminal. Um, almost everybody pleads guilty before, you know, they take a plea deal. Um, that's because they threaten you. Yes, and they throw yeah. a ton of charges at you. Yeah, they're, they're, if you if you, you you know if you exercise your constitutional right to defend yourself, well, we're just going to tack on all these extra charges. You'll never see the light of day. The machine but, will, will. But if you yeah. just if you just submit and obey and plead and plead guilty, yeah, you'll be out in ninety days or yeah, whatever. Knock these you charges know. off. Yeah. We'll give yeah. you five years instead. If you want to go to trial, you're looking yeah. at twenty to life. It's like. Even if you're absolutely innocent, you're going, I'll take the deal. I'm not risking it. Yeah. Um, So they do that. So, so that's something to keep in mind if you're a juror. Which further, which further illustrates that how our system is, our justice system is not about justice. Oh no, not at all. It's all all about conviction, right? The perception of. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So if someone's going to take it to trial, listen carefully to their case. They believe they have a case. And even if they have a stupid case that you don't even agree with, um, listen to their case carefully and take it into deliberations with you. Um, Look and try and find that reasonable doubt because that's all they need. Yes. Now, you know, good luck getting the other jurors to understand what reasonable doubt is or because because all you hear is I think they did it. It's like, yeah, we don't have to think they did it. That's not what the standard of proof is. Yeah, reasonable doubt. If, if it's possible that it wasn't, then you have to acquit. Yeah, but they or so that but that but that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. They're just they're, a lot of those. They're just not. They're not equipped for that level of depth. No, you know, they, they've been spoon fed baloney their whole life, and they're just keep they just keep you know, they enjoy the baloney. I guess and it's funny. It's like you know, I heard in the would you want these guys around your family? I'm like I don't know these guys. <laughs> yeah, know? and then I try to take the judge's words. I'm like I'm trying to take the facts and apply it to the law. You know, um, I don't know these guys. I don't have a personal opinion of these guys. Um, and neither should they. Yeah. And neither should they. Yeah, they're pull, they're pulling riddles from the same doctrine they've been drawing from for so many years. It's like, can we can we get an update? You know, like things are different now to an extent. Well, if they update like your computer just updated, they'd be shut down for an hour. <laughs> Ooh, thanks. I deserve that. Sorry, Slappy. <laughs> I'll take the smears. I deserve them. That's good. So, so that's cool, man. So you got how many were, so you got, there was a hung jury on what and acquitted on what, how many? 
Yeah, so we had seven total defendants and we acquitted three, which means we got 12 people to agree that uh, they're not guilty. And then we were a hung jury on the other four. Wow. So, um, and, then, and then of those four, you said one, one defended himself and probably got himself basically said something, got him. Yeah I, think got 20, yeah. yeah, I think he got a minimum of 20. I don't, I don't, Dude, I don't know. What, yeah, was it, so, what was it? What was the charge? What were, well, okay, so it was a drug charge, but what was it? What were they? Conspiracy, conspiracy to distribute PCP. Oh. Um, and like I said, there was no alleged violence. There was no charges of violence. There was no. That, you know, charge, no that, that charge alone seems like there's reasonable, reasonable doubt just in there. Conspiracy to commit. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe not. You know, well, like, I guess you got to prove it. Conspiracy law is really interesting, and I, I learned a lot about it through that trial. But if you read the jury instructions on what conspiracy, like if I kept reading them, I thought I was going to be indicted on this conspiracy. Like <laughs> if you like smell someone who was talking about doing drugs, <laughs> yeah, it's like they can. It's very they, try to read this legalese. Like you know, <laughs> back and forth, the prosecution and the defense are, are negotiating these jury instructions. So it, it's worded very carefully and very precise. But so. You know, it would say something like this could be evidence of a conspiracy, but it this evidence alone does not mean it is a conspiracy. And so, like, you're reading these things and we had 130 some pages of jury instruction. <laughs> it's it's overwhelming. And that was for really the um, for a conspiracy. And I think that's probably similar in a lot of conspiracy cases, which are fairly common at the federal level. That's ridiculous, though, for a juror. 131 pages. I mean, you have people that don't read that in a year, you know, like I'm serious. I'm not, I mean, I'm, I, you know, I don't know the last time I actually picked up a book and read it, like read it, read it. Like I, I have a stack of these like philosophy books that I, Oh, I'm definitely going to get through this. And I, what do I do? I, I, I read the front page. I read the back cover. I put it on the shelf and I go, don't I look smart? You know what I mean? <laughs> Those philosophy books just go in loops. Though. They take you on the circle, the merry-go-round of a bunch of. I guess garbage. I should say because I, I I do I do read my Bible basically daily, so it's not like I guess it's not. That's the one to read. Yeah, but I know you're right, but I mean, like you know, but most people don't, right? They they don't, and they don't read 130 pages a year, let alone 130 pages of jury instructions. You know. Yeah, and what happens with that? That's written in legalese that they don't understand anyway. Yeah, yeah, right. I'll tell you what though, what what I do read though is that that tinfoil roll down at the store. I'll go grab that and make a hat real quick, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel pretty safe. He's so stupid, dude. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why not? Okay, all right. Yeah, I, no, my hat's not here, but I do have ones on there. You got. It. <laughs> Sorry, I missed a, a bunch. I'm just trying to chime in while I can. Sure. Yeah. Well, so that so that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. What ends up happening, or what ends up what ended up happening in our deliberations, is you have these hundred thirty some pages, and uh, you end up someone finds something on page seventy two, and they're like, "See, this means guilty." And then someone else is like, "Here's on page one hundred and twelve." See, they're not guilty. And then we'll just like argue over these two paragraphs for like half a day. And, um, you know, it's very frustrating. You know what I want to do? I, I want you guys to keep talking, but I'm going to try. So here's how this, sir, I'm, I'm reading my summons for jury service, right? And it says that I'm supposed to call after 5 p.m. the Thursday immediately before the reporting date shown. So the reporting date shown is 
May 20th. Today's the Thursday before that, May 19th. I want to call and see if I if I if I get <laughs> just call told, and see what yeah, they say. Just, I want to see I want to see if I can call <laughs> and do this on the show. What do you think? Put it on speaker. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. I think I'll do that. You guys okay with that? You didn't yeah, do that yet? You no, I haven't done that. that. Yeah, I want to see. Oh, Hang on. oh you're I'm, trying I'm, to do it now. I'm trying to do it. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Oh, Hang on. yeah. Take it too long, man. Come on. Well, I wanted to make sure you guys were okay with that. Keep talking though while I do this. Keep you guys have a conversation. Keep going. Because I can't think in phone at the same time. It's it's impossible. So so where are we talking to you from, Slappy? I don't know where you're at. I'm in the Philadelphia area. Okay, Pennsylvania. Cool, yeah. Never never been up that way, my man. Oh man, you're missing. Oh, here it goes. February 15th, 2022, jurors may be required to wear a mask in certain areas of the courthouse regardless <gasps> of status. All jurors in groups 600 through 606, please report for jury duty on Friday, May 20th, 2022 at the East County Regional Center at 8 a.m. Jurors in groups 607 through 644 remain on telephone standby and must continue to call after 5 p.m. each day for further reporting instructions. If you would like to speak to a representative from the jury services office, please call 619-844-2800. Please call again. Thank you. Goodbye. Okay. Okay, so I'm on standby. Cool. You so must report. I don't have to continue go continue to call. Yeah, I got to keep calling. That's so that's where I'm at. And I guess what we'll do is, uh, you know, I'll just I'll just keep calling and then we'll figure it out. We'll add a we'll, we'll, I'll provide an update, I guess. Uh, later on, I guess, if I ever get selected. But that was interesting. So that's I guess that's convenient. I don't have to go down there, which means I can still go to work tomorrow, which is important because I had a lot to do. I was really figuring out whether or not, you know, anyway, that's a bummer. I kind of wanted to do this. Well, that's the thing with, with jury nullification that's um, so kind of annoying. Like, it's such a cool concept, in my opinion. And yeah. so I like to read about it. I like to hear about it. And then you never have the opportunity to do it. <laughs> and then when you finally get the opportunity, you don't get the opportunity. You know? Yeah. So it's like you spend all this time learning about it and talking about it, and it can be frustrating. And that's why I think the people at uh, FIJA, Fully Informed Jury Association, um, if you go check out their website, they have awesome stuff on there about jury nullification. Good. So, fully informed jury nullification. Fully informed. Was that FIJA? Fully informed jury, jury association. 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 Yeah. FIJA.org, I think it is. All right. Good. Um, I'll try. If I can, I'll round it up. I'll put it in the show notes, guys, if I remember. Yeah. If I don't remember, you better remember when you hear this. It's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, I got to give a plug for them. I don't work yeah. for them or have any association with them at all, but they were really helpful for me. It'd be okay even if you did. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, all right, man. Um, anything else you want to talk about with your jury service and and how that all worked out? I think that was really cool. That's a great story. Do you tell that a lot? You, you've, you, I think I've, were you on Pete's show? I was a while. Yeah. I think I heard this, this story on, on, on the, uh, you know, back when it used to be free man beyond the wall. Yeah. You know, yeah, that was yeah, back yeah. when he was Man's Raider. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. he was Pete at that time. Maybe, right? maybe he was Pete Raymond. He was Pete Raymond for about 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. he was. Yeah. So yeah, I like Pete. He's a, he's a good guy. He's a good dude. Yeah. And, uh, I like him. He's he's a, he's been on our show a couple of times too. So that's kind of neat. Yeah. 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 We used to be in the Twitter DMs way back when I was well, coming up in the libertarian world. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a weird it's such a weird club man isn't it <laughs> it is it's such a weird club 
That's such a weird club. Yeah, I, anyway. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, you're here. That matters, you know. Oh, you, one last little smear. Go ahead. No, I mean you're here. That matters. That was a we, you know. I, I know. We, we see you, Gumbo. We see you. You might not see yourself, but we see you. Well, Slappy, thanks, did you want to did you want to plug anything? I know you got I know you got some stuff going on. Plug what you got. Sure. Uh, so I co-host a podcast with a friend of mine uh, from from the neighborhood we grew up in, and um, we talk mostly about Bitcoin. Um, pretty strictly Bitcoin nowadays. Uh, we started as kind of a are you guys are you guys Bitcoin maximalists? Yeah, we're, we're those yourself? crazy people. Yeah. Okay. The market is bleeding. Are you buying yeah. the dip? Are you buying the dip? I'm I'm buying everything. You're buying everything. All right. Yeah. Because it's yeah. down right now, real bad, isn't it? Well, I guess it's good oh, depending, depending on who you are, right? That's, bad, good. That's good, when bad. you buy, right? When yeah. the blood, the blood is in the streets. That's what I love about it is right now we consider it. I'm just looking up the price, but we consider it's, it a bad price now. But three years ago. Yeah, like, dude. Whoa. If you got in then. Yeah. Whoa. Where is my John? It's hovering around 30 grand right now for one single Bitcoin. Yeah, there it is. 30 grand. Yep. 30,130 30, 30, bucks. Yeah. So, you know, so you don't have, do you not play, you don't play with any of the other cryptocurrencies? No, I used to and yeah. uh, got wrecked back in what, 2017, 18. And, yeah. uh, and so I went, went strictly Bitcoin. I, yeah. Um, so that's what our show is about. Our show is about Bitcoin. We've been doing a lot of this get on zero stuff. Um, if you go back to our old shows, we talk about kind of, um, you know, normal libertarian stuff, but you know, there's, we were we were looking for a niche and we just kind of slowly started working bitcoin into more and more of our shows and we kind of went that way um cool. but we've been doing that for six years or so um, that's fun wow. yeah you guys have been rolling that show for six years how many yeah. episodes do you guys have uh five hundred thousand and fifty one. yeah we do we do one a week we but we haven't missed a single week so wow been, that's impressive hey. like if That's we can't good. make it impressive on a Thursday or whatever. And sometimes we, we put one in the chamber in case we need it. But, uh, but yeah, we've been doing it for a while. Uh, we do it because we like it. We don't, you know, we're not trying to, uh, light the world on fire. Or do same thing. That's what um, we do the same thing. Yeah. It's like, we do this because it's fun. Yeah. We like talking to people about stuff that, you know, we bring we bring people out and talk to them about different concepts, different ideas. I got I got. Uh, um, I don't know. It's just fun. Yeah. So I understand. Yeah, totally. We, yeah. we like having guests on. I get to learn. It's like selfish. I get to like talk to people and, and learn from them. And uh, and then we let other people listen to it. So it's cool. And we, we enjoy it. So you can find me on Twitter uh, at slappy underscore Jones underscore two. What's the two for? Did you get booted? <laughs> no, uh, Slappy Jones, the original, was a a guy on a forum back in the 1990s, and uh, when we started our blog podcast, we kind of didn't know how long we were going to do it, and couldn't think of a name. And I was like, "Yeah, I'll be uh, the return of Slappy Jones. So I'll be Slappy Jones too." And uh, cool. now we've been doing it for six years, and it's kind of there. And I thought more. Without my name, it probably wouldn't be Slappy Jones. But. Tell me about it, man. I <laughs> yeah, cue the abolitionist. Everybody thinks I'm one of these one of these uh, QAnon types, and it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like I, if it's if, I had, on the if, if, if I had to do it all over again, I might have taken the time to pick a, a different. You know, I had a little more foresight or a little more. 
your thoughts. Yeah, stick with the plan, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now, I mean, I guess I could change. It's not my real name, but ah. it's kind of been around a while, so it is what it is. And when you get cool. traction in your made-up persona, it's hard to just go away yes. from it. You know what I mean? It's- <laughs> okay. So it's there. There wouldn't have been a two. I don't. I don't know. It's just yeah. Here. That's but cool. Anyway, that's where that came from. That's good, man. I actually work remote, yeah. so I don't get to see my boss. In oh, man, that's the life. Yeah, well, it can be. Do you dig it or not? I do like it. Yeah. Um, our home, our, yeah, my office is across the country, so I'm remote full time. Where's your Where's your headquarters? Nice. Portland. Beautiful, beautiful Portland, Oregon. Oh. Yeah, they're making a, a lot of good innovations over there. It's oh, too, yeah. It's, it's too bad about Portland, man. Have you been to Portland at all? I've, well, I've driven through it. I know that, I know that um, it's, the Pacific Northwest, when I was in the Navy, I was up in Bremerton, Washington. I love that whole, it's, everything from like way, wow. way Northern California, right? Yeah. Going up, going up like coastal Northern California into the mountains and then all the way up through up to British Columbia and even, you know, whatever. Yeah. But uh, that whole area is just really neat, man. All of it, all of it, except for. Exactly. It's a shame. Yep. So, Seattle hey, and Portland are terrible. Real, yeah. real quick. When I was in the Navy, I was on the USS Decatur and we took a trip to the uh, Portland Rose Festival, right? Dude, it was it was fantastic. It was beautiful going through those small canals and going up and like sailing up there. And then uh they Is that the Columbia us, River? That's the Columbia River, right? I don't know the name, but it, the it probably is, but... Mm. They need but to it, uh It was they, so cool yeah. like like maneuvering through that and and seeing that happen, right? Did you know your and, uh, ship sinks lower in the water when that happens? I mean, the density of freshwater versus with salt fuel water. And, and, and water. No, the density of the water, right? So you, so you, the ship lowers down in the water. Yeah. Okay. They have to take that in consideration with their draft and their, and their yeah. stability and buoyancy. But it's a small, like, canal you're in, right? That's, yeah. so that's why it looks so cool. But, um, we went to the Portland Rose Festival and they forced us to wear our whites out that night. And so every sailor had to go out in their whites. And normally I would say most of them don't want to do that because you just want to do your job clock out and be like, okay, we're going to go get dinner and hang out and check out the scene scenery. Right. Well, they forced us to wear a white. So we go out and everything important that I seen being a young dude and going to adventure out there and, and see it, it was beautiful. I loved it, but man, some of those people, and this was like 10 years ago, 12, maybe, um, they were, they were like spitting on my friends because they were in uniform. Wow. And I was like, what are you doing? And then we, you know, we're going to, through the bars and through the restaurants and stuff. And there was a handful of people that were really cool that were like, oh, here, have this appetizer, have this beer, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I just, if I had friends getting spit on, I wouldn't take anything from anybody. Well, the girl that was, I'm going to get, buddy they're going to, they're going to give, 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 give me a roofie and I'm going to wake up in a bad spot with some bad things that had happened. To well, me. of course. But, yeah. but, you know, you're, you're in a group of people and you're trying to, uh, analyze the situation right so yeah. it's just like wow why would you do that that's so disrespectful but anyway for why the do they want part, you to wear your uniform at night is that like so you stay out of trouble because it was for the portland rose festival and we're supposed to represent oh, being there at the yeah. time and 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 put on uh and the navy the navy dress white uniform is kind of like an iconic cracker jack kind yeah. of like yeah you got the neck flap and you got the tie yeah. and the whole thing yeah, yeah go out look good and and, and sure. perform well in the evening okay i guess yeah. No, it's no, a shame. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. It's well, such beautiful uh, scenery up there. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Mount Hood and, and Mount Helena and whatever else is up there. It's incredible. 
it's a shame what the but city looks like. Not, not, not yeah. trying to take shots. I'm just throwing that out there. That was oh, the everything else. Everything else was beautiful. It was it was fantastic. Like I was out there a couple months ago, and it was very depressing to walk through that city. Like, everything's are still boarded up. Um, it's like open air. People doing drugs everywhere. It's really sad. Wasn't a whole lot going on. Yeah, it's so, a bummer. But that's, yeah. you know, that, that's what happens when those cities are like that. You have, I mean, I, I grew up in the Sacramento area, right? Uh, Northern California. And we used to cruise over to San Francisco every so often when I was a kid to maybe catch a Giants game or something like that. And, uh, and just, you know, beautiful city, beautiful city. I had family that lived um, in the area. So we, you know, cousins and whatnot, we'd go kick it over there. Gorgeous, gorgeous town, San Francisco. A few years ago, my daughter... Um, what we were going looking for colleges, my oldest, and there was one in the Bay Area we wanted to go check out. She didn't end up going there, and that's probably really good. But while we were there, we're like, hey, let's go check out San Francisco. Let me show you the beautiful city that, you know, that, dude, it's a turd. It was just like, it was disgusting. Human feces, needles, bums, you know, crowded, angry, filthy. And it's too bad because San Francisco used to be a gorgeous city. But what happens to those towns when, you know, major population centers, and, and it's not just on the West Coast. I mean, we, we joke about Seattle, Portland, San Francisco, yeah. Los Angeles, et cetera. But Chicago is no different. Houston, Texas is no different. New York is terrible, right? Like Drive you through know, Kensington and Philadelphia. Yeah, and it's yeah. Like, terrible, wow. terrible. There's the pop, major population centers everywhere uh, mm-hmm. tend, to, tend to just degrade over time so much so that it would, you know, for me, I'm like, we're just not as a species, we're not designed to live in a city, man. You know, I don't think, I think we need to be the closer you can get to the earth, the better, man. Frankly, I'm with that. Says a guy who has got a house in suburbia, but like, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) but you you see it. Yeah. Yeah. You see it. There's that draw too. Like me and my wife talk about that. Like if we ever do move, we're going to move somewhere with the land. Move away. Yeah. Yeah. Get closer to the earth. Yeah, absolutely. Well guys, I think that's a good show. What do you think? Are we good? Well, we have an, like another hour, man, because I, I missed out on like the yeah, first well, thirty minutes or so. Maybe you should have. So, yeah, you're slappy. Slappy winked at me and said, "We're we're gonna go. Yeah, so, so we're gonna so, cut this and then we'll do the real episode." So later. for you guys, for you guys listening, what what happened is Gumbo decided he was going to do an update while we recorded the episode, and then and then a minute or two into the episode, he dropped out, and then he came on. What did you catch the last twenty minutes, maybe? Well, okay, so so my my, be- my beautiful wife decided to change a, a smaller room that we have upstairs, a room within a room, into like a podcasting slash music slash office area. And me being the brilliant individual that I am, uh, I turned my computer on, everything was working. I was like, cool, we're ready to roll. And uh, I come up, I get on, looking at Slappy, thinking, look at that handsome man with those glasses. And then, boom, update. And I... You, you didn't have the option to click remind me later or whatever. No. It just it was time I to start, go. And I started it. it because I'm so smart. Because <laughs> so I thought that would fix it, but good at fixing things, Slappy, as you, you can see. It's, yeah, well, we weren't now your computer's updated, so it's fixed. Yeah. That's good. And now you you two are going going offline, and I'm going to be sitting here. Man, look at all this cool update I got. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. All right, that's a wrap.